0: Welcome, welcome, welcome
1: on in to the latest edition of the Off-Air Podcast. I believe this is episode lucky number seven, so hopefully Steve and I can provide that level of quality content for all of you out there. I am Chris Thomas, joined as always by my fellow 92.9 The Game producer, Stephen Gagliano. Steve, another crazy weekend in the ATL and beyond. Oh my goodness, we will get to that call in just a second. But I believe we have some housekeeping to start off with. You discovered a nice little nugget over the weekend based on something that we may or may not have alluded to in a previous episode.
0: Yes, we are way ahead of the conversation. And last week we talked about, assuming we're talking about the same thing here. The NFL in London, is that where we're going? Oh, yeah. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to make sure there wasn't something I was entirely forgetting. So last week, we kind of debated, and and it was our first kind of disagreement here on the Off Air podcast, as far as an NFL team in London, and is that something that is realistic? Is that something the NFL is ultimately pushing for? And over the weekend, Roger Goodell literally said, quote, there's no question that London could support not just one NFL franchise, I think two franchises. So that would kick me right where the sun don't shine as far as my opinion on the matter, thinking that it won't work. So I don't know. What do you make of Roger Goodell coming out and saying that?
1: Well, I think he may or may not have been listening to the off air podcast and really. Realized... I'm going to go with that he was. <laughs> yeah. So not, and not only did he say, you know the one franchise he even doubled down on what we were saying which was you could get a franchise from the nfl to move and then get an upstart franchise over there so that's even on the table so he so clearly steve we are soothsayers we are fortune tellers we are fortune faded and uh this is exactly why you need to come here for all your media nuggets That's right. And everything else that we bring to the proceedings. So that's pretty cool. Stick Uh, around. We'll give you the lottery numbers later on. Yeah, exactly. Uh, If there's any further developments on this, this will be a story Steve and I will now be very heavily vested in based on what has transpired so far, but more pressing matters to attend to right now as the screw job of all screw jobs has once again invaded the Atlanta airwaves. We are the focal point of sports media right now, and will be for the rest of the day after Grady Jarrett took down Tom Brady on a perfectly legal textbook form sack of the quarterback and got called for roughing the passer. And Jerome Boger and his officiating crew cost the Falcons a chance to win a football game against Tom Brady, give him his first loss against the Falcons, and move into a tie for first place.
0: Media Nuggets abound, Steve. Wow. I mean, (laughs) that's the perfect setup telling you that while this was a week five matchup, you know, you can look at that and say, ah, whatever. It's one game early on in the season. Who cares? There was a lot at stake for the Falcons in that game, in that moment when Grady Jarrett took down Tom Brady for what should have been a chance to give the Falcons the ball back with all of the momentum, with a chance to really make a statement to the entire league that says we're here. You didn't give us any credit early on in the season. We heard Arthur Smith, you know, go on his rant that we played as part of the Hall of Fame audio, you know, early on in our run here, saying you wrote us off, you know, keep doing it all that. And that was a chance for them to to beat Tom Brady and the Buccaneers in Tampa, take over first place in the division and say you guys were all wrong. And now there's there's the story out there and the Falcons are a sympathetic figure right now saying coulda, woulda, shoulda, but I think they go down and win that game if they get the ball back, and they absolutely should have, and that's the conversation that's hot and heavy around the office here this morning.
1: Yeah, I'm interested. I'm going to go back later on tonight after I get home and listen to the first couple minutes of each show of the day just to see how everybody handled it. You uh, were producing The Steakhouse on Monday morning. What was their approach? What did you guys decide – as you were coming up with your plan of attack for a show on Monday, with a story as big as this, what did you guys decide would be the tone that was needed for this story?
0: So they they went at it with with the mindset of you can't get yourself into a twenty-one nothing hole. I think that does need to be stressed, and, and that's something that I wrote about post game on ninety two nine dot com. I'll hit my own media bell there with a my tip, own. Baby. My that's blog. what we
1: want. <laughs> Pull up like Jordan. Call your own shot,
0: baby. We love it. Let's go. So so we started there and then it became, you know, we transition into the conversation about the the Grady Jarrett play because that's what it all came down to. The Falcons had this great comeback, and it came down to this play that is now everywhere. You turn on any sports radio show station tv show that's what they're talking about today and we were able to play arch's call from right here on 92.9 the game and talk about the way he reacted the way daryl johnston reacted on fox and it just set up the fact that this literally was one of the worst calls that you can remember Ever. i mean Ever. When you think back to some we played three strikes at the end of the show everyone had their examples one that i don't think anyone brought up but the call for the, the Saints in the NFC Championship game.
1: Yep. Those kind of Roby Coleman on yep. uh, who's the receiver.
0: Oh uh, it wasn't uh I forget
1: who the, was yeah. it was it Callaway it might have been Marcus Callaway. I forget who it was but anyway.
0: Yeah like it's it's on that level as far as calls that you just watch and you literally can't believe whether they throw the flag or they don't like in the Saints situation. The Des Bryant right. play. Right. Des caught it. All these kind of things. This is something that Falcons fans that, you know, really the NFL community as a whole is going to remember and look back at for years to come. So that's kind of the angle that, that we, you know, attacked it with. And I know Dukes and bell and Mike, especially is very active on Twitter during these games. So I know he has a lot to say coming up uh, on your show. And when you're listening to this, you, you can hear it on demand.
1: Yeah. It's going to be a crazy day today for sure, because the, the passion and the outrage in this instance, we all know as sports fans, we can get a little wacky sometimes when the passion kicks in and you see something through Falcon colored glasses. But Steve, in this instance, no, sir, that no. was an outrageous, egregious call that needs to be scrutinized to the nth degree, because as we, as I was setting up this conversation, I laid out all of the things that it affected. It affected the game. It affected the ability for the Falcons to come back. They had no time left on the clock. And then it affected the entire state of the, of the division. I mean, you see Matt rule gets canned today. The Panthers are a mess. The saints squeak out a, a, sh- a shootout with Gino Smith and the Seahawks. And then you have the bucks who are the bucks, but they're clearly not the same Bucks of old. And they were to be had at the end of that game yesterday. And you literally get the chance taken away from you by an official. It's no automatic that they would have done it, but, all the momentum was on their side. Mariota was having his best plays of the game late in that game. You had confidence in the offense after they get the two-point conversion. And then if they win, they're in first freaking place, even if it's just for a week. If you told me to bet a significant amount of money that mattered to me, which isn't much, but it, it I would have said 100% no way would they ever be in first place for a single day, even in week one. If all the other teams lost, I don't think they still would have been in first place. I, I don't think they would have been one and zero and everyone else oh and one. So that's how important that single call is. It affected the state of not only just that game, but the entire division. And who knows? The Falcons have the 49ers next. That's not a gimme game. Now you're two and four, and it, it looks it looks completely different if if that call is not made. Completely different.
0: Yeah. The one thing I'll say, and, and, you know, as as kind of the, the podcast that we are being off air and, and we're kind of taking a look behind the scenes as far as sports talk, radio, and sports media goes, Right. there's one thing about that call that is a good thing, and that for a sports radio station is that people are fired up. Oh, now, yeah. would people have been fired up about a win? Yes. But yeah. when there is something that happens that's this polarizing and this just monumental from a media standpoint. And and it's literally everywhere. Like I mentioned earlier, people want to listen. They want to call. They want to interact. That's the biggest thing. Sometimes after a win, people are happy to kind of lay back and say, "Ah, my team won. I want to hear what nice things everyone says about us. When this kind of call affects the outcome of a game, like I said, everyone's fired up. They want to interact, which is what we love about Sports Talk Radio. And that's what today has been already and is going to continue to be. Even throughout the week, people are going to be you know, talking about this. You guys will have Arthur Smith on. You, know, you guys will have callers. We'll have callers. Everybody's going to have callers, tweeters, all this stuff, just flooding the airwaves and social media all week long.
1: Yeah, it was a fascinating night to be on Twitter last night. I know uh, for my small collective of followers, I even got a tweet that I had my first viral tweet ever.
0: There we go
1: to the end of this game. Yeah, so we, we're up. We're we're crossing over the 700 like threshold. Almost oh, wow, 100%. so it's still climbing. Yeah, we're still. Every time I log back into Twitter, I have new followers and new notifications. <laughs> so, like you said, to bring it inside inside baseball here for the radio station, it's great. If you go look at the 92.9 account, stake has tweets that has thousands of likes and. Ryan Gebhardt has a tweet that has, I think, over a 1,000 likes. So, like you said, people are absolutely fired up to engage and talk about this, and you're going to be hearing about it all day and all week long right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Let's get a transition. I saw, I saw you go for it there. Yeah. You could tell I was looking at the, <laughs> the chemistry is building in real time. For, wow! For those who Seeing can't see it right Steve, before our
0: very eyes,
1: yeah, Steve had the, his finger on the trigger. You could hear that I was wrapping up and ready to move on to our next topic. Love it. All right, that's good stuff.